You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Sir Terry, an Oshaman of the Black Tower. Kadir's eyes, all that sweating, going white in the face. Yet his eyes never changed. You always have to watch the eyes, not what he seems. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded and we have answered the call. Today we are covering The Shadow Rising Part 6, Chapters 35 through 40. And in our village council, we will be discussing the Shan Chen. Mm-hmm. As we are recording this, um, it is Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. And um, it's almost kind of like, you know, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, almost kind of like you've got the Aiel versus the Sean Chan. The Sean Chan, they come over on boats. You mm-hmm. could almost say they're a little pirate-ish. Okay, okay, okay. So who do you like? Wow. Wow. <laughs> who, who am I picking in this in the Super Bowl? Huh? <laughs> Let me tell you right now, it's it's... I, he, this will make, will make a connection to the wheel of time because there's someone else who is also fighting time. It's Tom versus time. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and I am rooting for Tom. I can't wow. believe it, but I want to see him win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, that's okay. So you're saying the Sean Chan. Is there, a, is there another more? I, I don't know. I don't. I can't think of anybody that's more piratey. Is there any? Are there groups mm. later that are more pirate-like groups? Well, I, mean, I guess. I mean, yeah, they, they they definitely come over on. I get what you're saying. They come over on boats. Yeah, that that works. I mean, they're not really they're not really like eye patches. You know? Right, right. Yeah, we got the uh, like the like the sea folk, right? So we did have mm-hmm. just that was uh, something we experienced, which was kind of cool. Whole group of people that just travel on the sea. So right, yeah. There's that. There are pirates, though. I mean. You know, there are yeah. those who are... Okay. Well, I... Uh, well, I'm saying it's it's tough because I don't want to jinx it. and But, you know, <laughs> I, 
As let me let me let me just let me just tell go into the sports gods. Sports gods conversation. Yeah, just real, just just real quick here, because first I, it is Super Bowl Sunday. Now we were we've been saying, hey, we were thinking we're gonna get some sort of Wheel of Time teaser, maybe like an Amazon Prime. Check out all the shows on Prime, you know, because yeah. I'm sure there's gonna be a Disney Plus reel. I'm sure my probably I'm sure there's gonna be some sort of HBO Max reel because that's like new. Um, it'll just be like, hey, check it out. I don't think it's gonna be like this specific show or anything like that. But I think I think all of them will do. Here we are in streaming for Super Bowl commercials. Although Watt on Prime specifically said, don't expect anything today. Right. But that doesn't mean there's not gonna be. Okay. Yeah, they could just be one Twitter account. Over so there yeah. you go. So anyway, I just want to say that real quick, just in correlation to why, just because it is Super Bowl Sunday. Um, but you know what, as yeah. Let me let me just let me just say something here, okay? There have been a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, they thought they were dragons. Look at this guy. Look at everything he's achieving. Is he a dragon? Is he uh -huh. a dragon? Okay. Uh -huh. And then somebody comes along and the achievements are just so profound mm -hmm. that you have to say it, it, it's the real deal. Yeah. And that uh -huh. is Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my okay? gosh. <laughs> <laughs> as oh, wow. His first year as a starter, he throws he's NFL MVP mm -hmm. and is is a terrible NFL overtime rule away from. You know, he doesn't get the ball in overtime because the NFL's overtime rules are stupid. They should change it to college. If he gets to throw the if he gets to if he gets to go toe to toe with Tom there, maybe right. he gets maybe he gets a thing. Okay. His second year, he wins the Super Bowl. His third year, he's back in the Super Bowl. And had he not rested the past the last few games, he probably would have been a league MVP as well. So yeah, yeah. it's just he's lost like three times in his career. Uh -huh. I mean, it's insane. Okay. So I'm going with the IEL chief clan of Patrick Mahomes. Okay. And Andy Reid. And I like it. Travis Kelsey and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Tyreek Hill. So, okay. Okay. I'm going with the chief clan. That's, I, that's fine. That's fine. All I know is, is that Tom. You don't bet against Tom versus Tom. Tom versus Tom. This guy, he sees the pattern. He sees it, mm -hmm. and he weaves it himself. He'll call an audible. He can even change the pattern if he wants. Yeah, literally, yeah. the pattern of the wide receiver if he wants is, to change is, it. Is, yeah. Tom, is, is Tom the dragon, <laughs> or is Tom, you know, Logan? Is he a false dragon? He's oh. done a lot of crazy things. Well, you see, know, I was going to ask Hawkwing, you. Arthur Hawkwing won a bunch of wars. Everybody yeah. thought, oh, no. Right, 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 right. Well, and here's the thing. Like, um, yeah, you kind of have to. It's, it's sort of a read and find out right so as we go as as you watch these characters so patrick right like it can he if he is the dragon reborn right can he keep this up for 14 seasons can he keep this up for 14 novels i mean like will right. he be there to fight in the or last will he battle flame out. <laughs> exactly or or is this he might be tom false? brady's last battle this might be his last battle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is literally going out there again i i, I almost wish you could have um like that you had read the, the last book because there's so many little references to like that you who make, each of them yeah. could be. Like if I'm saying Tom is like the dragon, you know, and then he's out there. To, although right. he's older, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. It's just, by the time this comes out, right. the game will be over, so you, we'll all know who was right and who was wrong. Probably as because yeah. you just don't bet against Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. You, know. you try not to. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be fun. I I, I was hoping there'd be something, um, some like an image or something. Maybe, I think they said there, there's not a reel, but maybe there's an image or something. I don't know. I'm just mm. oh, I'm hopeful, but also it's whatever. Um, we're getting stuff. I mean, seems like mm. once uh, once or twice a month they're doing something. They're keeping that Twitter account active. Watt on Prime. Make sure you're following Watt on Prime. Also follow us uh, at the Horn of Valir. And uh, yeah, we kind of retweet their stuff. Uh, Matt's been telling me I need to start tweeting at them. They will respond. They, they respond to a lot very... of they respond to a lot of Twitter a lot of Twitters that yeah. are just some, somebody who claimed you know long ago like whatever said I I mean like minor characters right. and they retweet they they tweet at them they're like oh you know we must respect the brown yeah. uh, you know whatever I'm yeah. like we're the heroes of the horn man yeah I know right I know I know I know we have the freaking horn over here guys like we'll 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 sound it watch out. Um, but no, I, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's cool. And I'm hoping we get some updates, you know, uh, from, from them because you would kind of think that something would need to happen on a large stage like this. For example, um, uh, my buddy Lane, who we run, uh, Lord of the Rings podcast, uh, an unexpected podcast. If you guys are into Lord of the Rings, I, th- I kind of assume if people are into wheel of time, you might be into that. You can go check that out. It's another podcast. Have a, we have a YouTube channel. He called me and he said, what do you think about tonight? He's the same thing Matt did. What's your prediction? What do you think? I actually told him 28, 24, uh, Tom is what I, is what I said there. Prediction wise. Mm-hmm. While, while, while we're making, while we're just the other way, but the other, other way, way around. around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, he said, you think tonight we're going to see something from Amazon in regards to Lord of the Rings The rings. And I was like, maybe, but I don't, I don't know. Like they're very, here's the thing. They're way quiet. They are just, right. I think they're like pushing along in production. Sh- I think that shows way further down the line. I think so too. I don't, but, e- I don't even think there's cast announced. Is there for that? Yeah, there is. Yeah. Oh, there yeah, is. There is. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's cast announced. There's, um, they've got showrunners. Um, you know, for they example, started filming. I think they did. They filmed the first two episodes and then, um, oh, okay. They stopped and they kind of did sort of, uh, there's a bunch of rumors on that as to whether or not they fired some people. Um, J.A. Bayona, uh, was, is, is directing it. And I, th- I, I honestly think here when New Zealand, when people went there, a lot of the, um, Ishmael Cordova was there, and we've been talking about him and his role in that in that series. He was in New Zealand for what? I mean, why else would he be in New Zealand other than to maybe film something? It's just way under wraps. Like it is super under wraps. Their yeah, Twitter account is not tweeting. You know, people I mean, aren't people aren't cast as specific characters yet because right. it's in a time period we don't know, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there there are confirmed. I think like uh, I want to think like maybe Galadriel and. A couple other um, figures are actually cast, but most of them are not. Most of them are unknown. So the so the fun thing there is to speculate like who are they going to be? Um, kind of what kind of what people were doing when when Wheel of Time hit. And so you can see Wheel of Time is in a much further, like a like seemingly further along, unless they're just keeping it more under wraps. Like the showrunners are not tweeting as much. The Twitter account is not super active. Yeah, I'm looking at it. You know, I'm looking at it here. The Lord of the Rings thing. Actually, it's kind of a. I th- I think it's it it, it appears. It seems to me that it's, it's not nearly as far along. Looks like they started filming in early la- early 2020 in January, and then I think a stunt person got like se- really Hurt. like severely injured. Yeah. Yeah. So she fell and hit a water tank with her head. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, okay, it seems like it's recovered from injuries, and then COVID hit, 
And so I think they were in like the first two episodes. And so now they're just reviewing it to see if it's like you know, kind of like a pilot. Hey, OK, we, is this something we want to progress? That's what happened with the Game of Thrones series. Yeah. Um, which was supposed to be early way like a pre like early era, early age, much more magical than the TV show we ended up getting in Game of Thrones. But now yeah. they're working on that prequel. Um, and I think they I think they did film like one or two pilots, you know. You, first two episodes and you don't you never it never sees the light of day because they say yeah. man we don't want to do this or not i will say this though um i think it's actually secretly i'm being dead serious about this i think Further it's secretly along. as for i think it's i wouldn't see, the thing is the rumor is, is that it wouldn't surprise me if they dropped a real like a reel before wheel of time does because secret like j.a bayona i think he did all of his next couple episodes here in the fall when they were on major lockdown because there was all this stuff like um uh bezos went out there after the injury flew out there uh looked over everything they poured it's the it's i mean they poured so much money into it and again this is amazon we're talking about this because it's related to wheel of time and amazon who's running these shows and for some reason they're going top secret they're going like real secrecy on this stuff and they have to work with the tolkien estate there's different things going on with mm -hmm. rights and stuff and so it's always been a little content, not contentious, but like it's um, I it's it's been hard to kind of maneuver around what you have the rights to, what you can do, what you can't do, where you can take liberties, where you cannot. So that is a whole nother hurdle I think they're facing over there. I'm not, I, they just haven't said anything. There's just nothing said. Yeah. But anyways, the whole, uh, like it just wouldn't surprise me. I don't know why. If you were gonna release something this year, whether it's Wheel of Time or Lord of the Rings, why in the world would you not have something, just a little bit of something? ready to go you know as a quick flash up there and and show us what's what's yeah. happening you know what i mean speaking of so. spe speaking of which real quick did you know that jeff bezos this week did um he he's stepping down as ceo yeah yep and he's moving into a more just executive chair i think right i mean i think that you know, i think for him like the day-to-day -day operation of like amazon like the shipping company you know yeah. is like pretty self-sufficient i mean i think it's so i think now i think this is actually a good thing for all of the other stuff that amazon is going to be doing and i think content is going to benefit from this because now he can he can focus less on you know yeah the the, the store that of amazon and can focus more on turning amazon into some this other big huge company that does all of these other things yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, we had um, Sir Jimmy. We had Sir Jimmy on uh, from the Fantasy Network. Great YouTube channel. Go check him out. He's a listener here, and he sent a lot of folks our way to come listen to the podcast. So shout out to him. Thanks to him. But he was on a recent episode with us where he was talking about how Jeff Bezos started off as a, as a bookseller and someone mm -hmm. who was into, you know, in, in fantasy in particular and loves The Lord of the Rings, Wheel of Time. Uh, he talked about his acquisition of, I forget the series that he was talking about, but... Um, yeah, I, I do think I, I think it will be a good thing. And I think it's something that they are looking at trying to expand it and grow. He talked about in his kind of release when he stepped down, he said something to the effect of like, it's a good time to start re-innovating and to we're in a good spot here to keep it going. You want new creative people. He needs to step aside, think about other things. How can he help um, push it further, make it bigger, make it more? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's cool. I think it's all still really um on a roll and and you know we're excited about these these tv shows that are coming out and uh the wheel of time in particular so yeah i don't know we'll see um 
I really hope there's something. I just don't know why. I mean, it must not be coming out then. Like, I, I, I don't know if you saw this, but um, the guy who was composing the score or who was scoring the series um, mm-hmm. stepped down or or left from Wheel of from the Wheel of Time production. Did you see that? Hmm. Uh, I was. It was. No, I, I forget what that. his name is, but yeah. It, so, so that kind of full stop uh, there, and that's a pretty important piece. You know what I mean? They want to make sure that we, we want. You know, score is like so important. It is. It's it's such a big deal in movies and, and TV shows. So absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, um, that's a little bit of news for you guys there. Uh, sorry, I don't have his name up here, and uh, apologize for that, but. But uh, yeah, I think they're still yeah. We're in post production with a lot of stuff. I don't even, you know, I, I don't. I, I'm not one of those guys who I'm looking at like leaked photos a whole lot or leaked things uh, too much. I'm just kind of on the fringe, keeping you know track of it. I'm looking at the big major takeaways because we're just kind of into the content, the story, the characters, plot. How's it gonna? You know, we like to speculate a little bit. Um, so the leaks and the rumors, I'm not as up on because I'm not even so sure they finished the last two last episode you know of of season no. one for wheel of time so i think they're they're back there now i think um because uh roseman pike um was uh posting some stuff on like her Did instagram she? yeah nice okay yeah that that's cool I, I heard they were going to a different country a different location and so maybe it was like it would work but yeah it's just the dynamics of uh the pandemic and covid that have, have really altered I still, I, I still, I still stuff. think we're getting. I think we're getting it end of end of twenty twenty one. I, I do, I do think we will get it end end of twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So, so tonight, I mean, for this, it, Amazon might do something where it's just not, not just like show titles. It could just be the title Wheel of Time. It, if that's all it was, mm-hmm. that's that's enough. You have a stage to do that. Put up Lord of the Rings, the Second Age. You know, Wheel of Time. Throw up your big TV shows with just their names and logos, and you're good. I mean, that's kind of what Disney Plus did for all of their new Star Wars shows. Just toss it up there. That was their Investor's Day situation. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of neat to get that in front of millions of people. So Yeah, I mean, um, because if you remember a couple, uh, two years ago, there was a Game of – so there was a Game of Thrones joke commercial with Bud Light, right? Yeah, um, but they didn't. I mean, it wasn't any footage. But then there was a game of there was like an HBO reel, and there was like three seconds of of new Game of Thrones footage in right. there. And so if if that's where if we get anything, that's kind of what I'm saying. What I think it will be is a shot of you know you, you just show a shot of like you know somebody's head turn and it just says Wheel of Time, and you know it's like maybe you see like you know. House is on fire or something. It's like, oh, what's that? I what mean, is that? Yeah, that's all I expect. Right, I expect exactly. Literally, any. I would say I expect no more than you know. Remember, Super Bowl commercials are, you know, like millions of right. dollars a second. Uh, so, right. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. So, so I three seconds at the most. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if you guys, uh, you know, if something, if you guys have news on any of that stuff. Uh, as we move forward past the Super Bowl and just like speculation on when a trailer is coming. Like I said, follow that Twitter account, Watt on Prime, Rafe Judkins, follow him as well for updates. And, you know, we'll uh, anxiously await all that goodness. So, all right, well, uh, here we go. We're going to dive into what is a pretty interesting batch. And just so you guys know, we, we only read um, five chapters this week. Um, I, I told, I told Sir Matt this was going to happen. Like there are, it's a, it's thick. It is a thick, Mm -hmm. thick book. 
There's a lot to do. I mean, honestly, right now, like I'm getting my COVID vaccine today, by the way. Thank, thank. Your first Lord. one, or yes, your first one. Yeah, first one. Yeah, first shot. Yeah, I got, um, I got my yeah because I got my second one earlier this week, and yeah, let me tell you, they say the second one you really like you'll feel you'll feel sick, and I I definitely was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I you know it's it's just been kind of like uh, the dynamic you know t- time of year for me at school, time of just all of this you know this time of year is a little bit kind of whatever so yeah we're a little bit delayed in this and we got these five and actually i'll go ahead and tell you guys this now normally we do at the end of the show but um we're going to divide up the rest of the shadow rising into two more parts we'll have part today's part six and we'll have part seven and part eight so part seven will be chapters 41 through 49 and then part eight chapters 50 uh through 58 now if we need a little bit more time to kind of read through some of those which i'm i'm telling sir matt take your time i don't want him rushing through you know, um, it's, it's a mm-hmm. lot because we do go from this to Game of Thrones to Star Wars books, you know, right. and, yeah, it, you know, so it's 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 a lot. But um, and I, I want this to be, you know, I, I love when we sit down here and we take a chance, like when we're talking about Wheel of Time, like Matt knows, like right, right beforehand, I had to go back and I was listening to how someone's name was pronounced uh, because I'm like, oh, gosh, like they're they're so. You know, it's, there's there's so many names. And then I looked up how many Shanchen characters there are and I'm like, holy smokes. <laughs> forgot about like the the tons of of you know named characters in this series but yeah so that's where we are that's that's where we're at let's dive in here um i want to talk today uh in the village council um just a little bit about the shanchen so the reason i want to do this is we actually come across um, an individual who is called a seeker so in today's batch of chapters, we have uh, Egyanen, who will come across, gets um, gets a, gets a, gets a, gets an idom, and has Bethaman like trapped down in her cellar in Tanchico, and a seeker comes uh, and and grabs this bag that has um, the idom in there, and she's basically realized that the Suldam can channel, um, and so she's she's kind of looking into this big secret for the Shanchen. And so it's, it's a big kind of, um, it's, it's, it's a big moment. It's in one chapter, I think it's chapter 38, right? Um, and so we thought we'd kind of like focus on this, catch us up on the Shanchen a little bit. Uh, I always think it's good for like a refresher, like we did it with uh, Alana Masvani, taking us back to what was her story arc. Well, now we're going to talk about the Shanchen, where, um, when we first met them, and then, you know, kind of track them up to this point. So recently the Shanchen Empire uh, has engaged in a uh, this this effort to retake the continent that we're on. We call it Randland, uh, the Westlands, whatever you want to call it, depending on you know where you're coming from. Um, from they, they want to retake it uh, from which the emperor's ruler, the ruler's ancestral uh, ancestors hail. So uh, l- 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 let me rephrase that. Like this is they they call this the return they're coming back to take land that they believe is theirs um they were sent away years ago to take the what is now shanchen and they've taken it and they've mastered it but what they thought was an empire that they had left behind is gone and this is where you get into the references to Arthur hawkwing and all this kind of stuff and you start looking at the histories and tracking back like okay who are these people referencing and they're so very, very different um, culturally from 
the, what we're used to here. You know what I mean? Like we have all these separate kind of countries and or Kyrian, Tyr, uh, whatever, Ilion, uh, Tenchiko, the whole thing. Like, right. But they're, these, these folk are very different. We met them first. Um, so the Shanchen, uh, they've been planning this for some time. They needed a long time to, uh, to, to build their ships. This is a big effort to make all their troops, you know, come, come back across the sea. And they're not just trying to take like a little bit of land. They want to take the whole continent. So this is not some type of like, let's just go attack a few cities or whatever. They're calling it the return. You can kind of feel that it's this big, big deal. So the Shanchen made their first attempt they, they, by seizing the city of Falma and the surrounding lands, but they were driven back. And we know that they were driven back by the dragon reborn. Yeah. <laughs> I always love how I just get like, like slide in kind of a, you know, uh, the, the title, the dragon reborn. Um, and it was at the at the end of the Great Hunt, we uh, come across, I mean, gosh, Black Aja shows up. I mean, we've got Egwene, who is, it was taken captive by them. Nynaeve uh, and Elaine and men are all trying to get her out. Rand is there. Inktar has his final stand against uh, them uh, for House Shinoa and for the Light, um, which, which was epic. So they're driven back. They're, they're pushed back, um, defeated scattered if you will some of the ships are are you know destroyed uh some get away and so now we're coming across this character uh Egyanen, who is in tanchico and she comes across a seeker uh and i guess the full title seeker for truth and they're kind of these individuals who investigate they're almost like um a secret police force you know like they they essentially are sent out, they're kind of undercover, and the Seeker finds Egyanen, uh, knows what she's up to, has had eyes on her, and wants her to report, write a map, tell us more about the city. So it's very quick, and it's one of those things that you could, um, as you're reading numerous chapters, it's this one chapter, it's kind of long, it's actually a long chapter, uh, and so when we come to it later, this is so, some of the part that we'll probably you know gloss over because we're covering it here, but, um, yeah, they, like you can tell something is brewing with the Shanchen. You thought they were gone, they're back. And this is where we kind of see that there are individuals still there. They're dealing with this whole idea of taking Damani, right? Damani are, uh, basically they have a, the Idom, like this bracelet or whatever, this mm. leash that is on them, that is a Tirangrial that, that controls them, that basically a Suldam or someone who is kind of their master, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible aspect to their culture, but they can control that person and they can force them to channel and do different things, right? Um, as soon as the Shanchen find out that you can channel, you are leashed, you're collared, you're like, they will, they want to control that they, and, and they want to control you. Well, what we're realizing and what um Egyanen realizes in that chapter is that the people who control the other end of the collar can also channel yeah so what's so there's so there's a dilemma there right i mean there's a big dilemma in in that and that's something um you know that we that we got to keep in mind because if that's that's a secret that's one of those things like you talk about what does our government want to share with us what are they hiding from us what are the secrets because it would shatter our society it would it would shatter the way we think our, our religious sort of like uh hierarchies or whatever structures whatever it might be um if this secret gets back and it's well known among the people it could destabilize them 
is yeah. is is almost what it's you like start the, to think about. It's so you know it's just funny because you have like the Aes Sedai who want to shut down male channelers, and then you have the San Chan who just want to shut down the Aes Sedai, right? And yeah. so I mean it's just you know what I mean. It's like everybody's just, it's really just it's all power. Everyone's just trying to get power however they can. And so you know the San Chan, you think about them. It's like they're really saying kind of the same thing the Aes Sedai is saying about male channelers. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, essentially, yeah, like they, they, when they find, you're right, I mean, when the Aes Sedai currently find a right. male channeler, they gentle, yeah. they gentle. That's the whole issue yeah, Tom gen- has yeah. with his nephew, um, and, and, and that's why Moraine was kind of talking to him just a little bit about, like, she, she uses that information about his nephew to help convince Tom to go where she wants mm-hmm. Tom to go, take care of the girls and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, you're right, it's, it's totally... It's 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 similar. It is similar. I know there's folks who are going to be like, "That's different." It's it, it is different. No, it is. It is. But, but it's but it's also. I see. I see. I totally see what you're saying because, like, it, it's right. it's if you if you view it outside of the context of like, well, we see all these people's stories, and it's, it's like the white cloaks, right? When you hear about what the white, you know, it's like the white cloaks to me are they're the, they're no different than the sand chant. Like they they're just yeah, they they're, are also power mong, you know, power. Right. 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 And, Yes, yes. Seeking control, yeah. yes. I stand uh, with Rand. I do too. And every I do you too. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anyways, it's cool. Just a little kind of catch up there on the Shan Chen and where they're at. Not much, but uh they're definitely back in and they're important and we're learning secrets and we're learning more about their society slowly. Um this seeker can basically do and say whatever he wants uh even those of the blood as they call them of the blood uh sort of their royals their higher ups um who might be out in commanding positions like commanding a ship or a group of people whatever even the blood have to obey the seekers the seekers basically work directly on behalf of like um the empress so yeah yeah all right there we go just a little catch up there and then uh I think now we can just we're going to back up a little bit and we're going to dive into uh, some of these chapters. So I think we're starting off with chapter thirty-five, Thir- right? Chapter thirty-five, sharp lessons. Um, yeah. So um, if you guys remember the last time we were, what we were doing is there uh, Egwene and the and the girls they're on a ship, right? Uh, so Egwene finds Elaine at the agreed upon. Upon location, Teleron Riyadh, the Stone of Tear. Elaine is dressed like a sea folk woman. Um, at the at the sea, mean um, sea meaning wide. Um, uh, basically, she's wearing she's wearing like the sea folk outfit, right? She's no, yeah. she's not wearing a top. Like Elaine walks down, right. and she's like, uh, "Whoa, what's going on?" You know, right. like, yeah. <laughs> Elaine. Elaine like kind of uh, gets startled, you know, and she says, "Well, I couldn't have, you know, obviously I couldn't have tried that outfit up on the ship." Um, certainly not with Tom and, and Julian around. So, um, uh, Egwene, uh, didn't know those two were, uh, with Elaine and Nynaeve and Elaine exposes, um, uh, explains, pff, exposes. Well, she did expose herself. Well, so, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> she <Wow>. explains, <laughs> that's the word of, right. she explains <laughs> that they were, uh, sent by Lan and Rand to help them. And then Egwene gives her a, a report of the portal stones, uh, Rudion and Rand's true parents. Uh, she's worried about Rand. 
Um, he is as hard as land and Ruark in some ways and definitely planning something he doesn't want people to know yet. Um, then she also tells Elaine that Avienda can channel. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that she will be a, she will be very strong one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that they can kind of, um, Oh, people love the videos where you're, you're talking about who's more powerful, right? They, they mm-hmm. actually, there's a lot of like, just kind of characters referencing like they're going to be very strong, stronger than anyone we've seen, or I'm almost as strong as Nynaeve, or but like Nynaeve strong, or but I'm stronger than this person in this way. So yeah, you, you now we're throwing Avienda into the mix of of that whole conversation, and it's cool because you know when we're, when we're back in tier, we're thinking, all right, why do the wise ones want her? Why was she upset with the letter? She's she, she's a maiden of the spear. Um, She's upset about having to give that up. And so, yeah, Egwene is just kind of uh, filling filling them in on this. And, and this is a neat point because we're going to have to remember uh, what's happening here because Egwene and Elaine and Nynaeve are meeting at this location in the dream world, right? So they're, they're picking a set time and place where they can come to the dream world and talk to one another and exchange information. So that's pretty cool. So, when, when, you know, you and I, when I remember when you first asked me, like, how do people, how do people talk across the con? Like, how do people talk? Right. Like, because we know ravens are sent in Game of Thrones. This is how. <laughs> like, this is right. one of the ways in which we, our our main group of characters will do this. This was not something that was being widely used by anyone in the White Tower, um, really. So this is something Egwene they say when she first shows up is what is like is one of what they they suspect might be a true dreamer. Dreamer. And they yeah they haven't had someone like this in a long time. So. Um, and we know that Nynaeve and Elaine have that kind of stone ring, uh, Teron Grial, where that if it just touches your skin, they kind of go to sleep with it and it will take them to the dream world and then they're there. And yeah, so in this, right, I mean, uh, like, like Elaine can, she's thinking about those outfits and how she's out with the sea folk and she can just change her outfit. Right. Um, what's interesting is they don't have a lot of control in this world. And what you'll start to notice is, is that. When they think about someone else, their garments change uh, or, or they're kind of embarrassed by it or something like that. That, right. that, that, that happens. Um, that already happened when Egwene ran across one of the wise ones who was dreaming and was in different attire and then came back different, you know, uh, it, with different clothes on and stuff. So, yeah, so this is kind of cool. It's, it's going to be a, a reoccurring like, you know, meeting place um, that they've that they've established and just sort of a passing of information. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh no, I was just uh, continue on kind of with uh, some of the summary summary here. Um, right. So she says that Avienda can summer. Um, she has been learning from them that the ship is going fast. Indeed, they will be in Tanchico for t- a couple of days. Um, she also tells uh, Egwene that the Sea Folk think Rand is their Coromor, mm-hmm. uh, and they will serve him. Uh, Egwene uh, says she wishes the Aiel were uh, as easily convinced. She tells Egwene some of the Aiel may try to kill Rand. Um, Elaine demands she makes sure that doesn't happen. Then we move on a little bit. Egwene warns Elaine that she may not be able, she might not be on time for their next meeting. Um, and that happens, uh, if that happens, she and Nynaeve will have to check uh, the following night. She will come as soon as there is an opportunity. Uh, then again, the conversation turns to Rand. And while Elaine is still in the middle of explaining, um, her doubts and feelings to Egwene, she is dragged off by Amis. Um, yeah, Amis. Yeah. Amis. Sorry. sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amis. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and so, and yeah, the reason why she's dragged off, right, is because she went to the world of dreams, the dream world, mm -hmm. unsupervised. She should not have been there. She needs someone to be with her. Now, you might think, well, hold on a second. The other girls are, they're there. But that doesn't matter because Egwene has made an agreement with the wise ones. Um, you're going to be trained by us. You're going in safely. We're not going to risk you. You're going to listen to us. You're going to fall, fall in line. And remember, Egwene is posing as an actual Aes Sedai. And they basically have said, let's strip, let, let's, let's strip that of you. Like you're not. When you're with us, you're going to be like our trainee. I mean, you're going to be, uh, if we say go fetch water, you're going to fetch water. If we say you know, pour more water on, on the rocks to get the steam tent going, you're going to do it. You make some tea, you're going to do that. And it's just a part of her kind of training with them. So yeah, Meese is uh, not happy that she is here unsupervised. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like all, it sounds like a lot of people are doing things that they either get away with a lot or they just decide, eh, you know, the rules don't apply. Yeah, sometimes I know it's 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 kind of crazy, right? So like Moraine is allowing them to pose as Aes Sedai, as as full on Aes Sedai. They're not; none of them are, right? right. Um, but it's because it's for their protection. It gives them more authority. So they've went through minimal training, but now their training is in the field, and Moraine is just kind of kind of accepting it and is not going to out them entirely uh, because they haven't sworn any oaths or anything. I mean, you know, they just like they still respect the Aes Sedai and their tradition and their whatever, but they're, they're all kind of learning on the fly here. So yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, let's yeah, see yeah, anything you know, like, yeah. yeah, Amis. Yeah. And so Amis is, is, you know, yeah, telling her just the same things kind of, um, uh, you know, like Amis tells her that she will refuse to teach her. She, you know, she's like, I'm not going to teach you anymore. If you don't like agree with me, um, she demands a Gwen braids her hair like an Aiel girl until she proves she can behave like a woman. Uh, Gwen sees no mm -hmm. other options and then kind of swallows her pride. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's funny because uh, later on, like uh, Rand will kind of reflect, why is she wearing her hair like that? You know, she looks like right. uh, a, and, and to the other uh in the we learned from avienda that that was what young girls young young girls how they wore their hair until a certain age and Egwene's already kind of been through that the braiding and unbraiding of your hair from emmons field and yeah but we're back to braids and she's you know um yeah it's interesting so uh yeah she's falling in line with uh with, with the wise ones now um there is this bit where the wise ones kind of put Moraine in check a little bit. Moraine is, they, they highly respect the Aes Sedai. Uh, the wise ones and Moraine are having a meeting about what to do about Rand. Uh, and they're in the sweat, they're in the sweat tent. Um, by the way, I got to make a quick aside. This is probably the third reference to like nudity in this episode. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> someone said in our, our um, Wheel of Time versus Game of Thrones video, they're like, did you guys miss all the references to like nudity in this? I'm like, but they're so right. subtle and they're so innocent that they're not really, you right. know what I mean? There's something that you because we were talking easily... about, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, we were talking about whether or not we think it's going to be where on the scale is it going to be more rated R or more PG-13? Right, PG-13. Yeah, I still, I still think you can imply that they're nude without, you know, whatever. I don't know what they're going to do, but either way, I do think it's kind of funny uh, to see. The, like right now, this is set up and it seems very normal, natural, whatever. And then when the guys come across the girls or girls, come, it's always just sort of like somebody's stumbling over their words. And it's just kind of funny, you know. Um, 
All right, so Avienda is in there attending to the hot stones and, and different things, and yeah, so they're they're talking about how to deal with Rand, and they're choosing to essentially um, uh, send Avienda to kind of teach him and their their ways and their customs. But she's kind of near him, almost to be, you know, to inform the wise ones on what he is doing. So, yeah, he's gonna be yeah. like she's gonna be with him from the moment he wakes to the moment he goes to sleep. So like yeah. stuck to his side, you know, and and then and then they they will get into it a little bit, uh, uh, you know, uh, coming coming up here, right. Um, right? Well, I mean, actually, kind of beginning, kind of beginning of of the next of the next chapter, right? Um, so chapter thirty six, misdirections. Um, the eel break camp and leave Rudy on Rand and Matt riding with Ruark and um, uh, and Heron at the front of uh, the four hundred uh, Jindo. Um, Kaladin and the Shido also leave uh, Rudion even through uh, 10 days even though 10 days have not passed since uh, Muradin entered the city Moraine, Egwene, and Lan ride with the the wise ones Um, and then um, kind of you get a conversation here between Rand and and Avienda as they travel Rand and Avienda talk Elaine is the woman for you Um, Avienda proceeds to paint out in detail exactly why she thinks that way when she starts to describe Elaine's body to Rand he becomes embarrassed she is the woman for you Uh, Elaine has laid her heart at your feet for a bridal wreath Uh, do you think there is anyone um, in the stone of tear who does not know she proceeds to tell Rand that Elaine meant everything she wrote in the letters to him which confuses Rand to no end the letters that she wrote are completely contradictory and um that's kind of the summary of it. But if you actually in the chapter, it's brands kind of pushing back a little bit being like, well, I don't know what to think. You know, maybe she is. Yeah. yeah. And maybe she's not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. 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 He starts to think about like, okay, I got Avienda over here saying this. I had Elaine saying that I got two different letters, right. From Elaine that kind of, you know, throw him for a loop. Um, very opposite, like, you know, opposite letter. One says this, one says the exact opposite. So what are you supposed to do? Um, and then, and then, yeah, um, he'll, yeah, that, this, this whole thought process. He brings up, he brings up men and he says, you know, well, well, men was, men, uh, you know, I didn't have to, men was pretty easy to be around. Yeah. Yes. He does. Yeah. He thinks about that. Yeah. So he'll, he'll start to think about, uh, this whole dynamic here for quite some time you know um and we will back up just a little bit but avienda flat out refuses to um to to the wise ones like directly says no to them about this shadowing of rant she's she's mad she is upset no she is like no way i will not do not make me do that and they're like we're not gonna you're not gonna tell us what to you know no like like avienda's not telling the wise ones no she's in training She's going to do what they say. Um, and so, but why, right? The question is why? Why is Avienda, you know, reacting that way? Why does she so strongly not want to be, you know, shadowing Rand? And then so you go back to, Rand starts to notice, like, she's pretty, uh, she's teaching him about their customs and their ways, but she's also, like, she always is emphasizing that Elaine is for you. She has promised to you, you're hers. Like, don't be any time that it seems like Rand might be looking at another woman or whatever. She just is on him, man. She is on him. And she's just like, hey, what are you doing? Eyes up here. Elaine is your what do you you know? And even though he's not really, I mean, he's, he's he might not be. She's just sort of 
seeing him tracking someone, but really we get his internal thoughts on what he's thinking. And he's like paying attention to how much they sweat their eyes. He's looking for, I mean, he's looking for an attack. He's, he is on, you know, the lookout here, but Avienda is seeing it more. It's just like, why is he looking at that girl? You know what I mean? So right. this, it's interesting, interesting dynamic and kind of, um, kind of comical, honestly. So, Oh, uh, okay. Well, uh, next, um, we move on. So after that kind of conversation between Rand and, um, Avienda, you have Matt and he's, um, you know, Matt is, uh, writing and considering a number of things, Rand and Avienda, his refusal to be healed the night before of what happened in Rudion. Uh, you know, he says, I've been to Rudion. I've done what those snake folks said I had to So yeah, if you kind of remember last time, uh, Matt and Rand were in Rudion and they kind of, you know, Matt saw a lot of different things there, right? There was the snake folk, right? That were, that were uh, saying things as, you know, it's kind of this old kind of abandoned city, right? A lot of prophecies about it and, and, and magic uh, that's, that's going on there. And Matt had those interactions with those snake folk. And now he's, that's kind of where he's, um, his mindset is. Uh, so as they ride, they see a group of approaching peddler wagons. They are um, unknowingly headed towards Rudion, so they say, um, and are stopped by Ruark and the Aiel. The peddler introduces himself as Hadan Kadare, uh, and Rudark tells them that they will accompany them to Emir Stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and these are all kind of, again, we get all these different people and names showing up you get the peddlers rolling in here and we're by the way when it comes to the IEL uh the IEL names of their of their of their seps and their different places we're going to it's a lot and it, like when you get into the I like these batch of chapters with all of this it's very new and it's just kind of thrust upon you so we got a lot of new characters and names to kind of deal with but we are dealing with the the Shido um, who are these peddlers show up and you've got um, Kadir is is the main kind of peddler who's who's rolling in here and they are looking for safe kind of passage like an escort Kuladin who is leading the Shido remember his brother Miradin went into um, Rudion and he was going through the pillars the same time that Rand was and Rand looked over and saw that it was consuming him and he was raking at his eyes and his face and, and he, and he doesn't make it. Um, so their clan chief that went in doesn't come back out. And so now his brother Kuladin has basically just said, I'm it, I'm the guy. And he's acting this way. That's why Ruark says to him, um, have you become a clan chief when I did not see? And he says that the peddlers seek cold uh, rocks hold he will journey with me. Uh, and then he tells Kuladin that the Shido are welcome to trade with the peddlers as well. Kuladin says that he will camp near Cold Rocks and then goes on to say that he who comes with the Dawn does not concern uh, only the Tardad, but all the Aiel. He also says that the Shido too will follow he who comes with the Dawn, but he does not acknowledge that this is Rand. So that's the big thing is that when Rand shows up and, and when he first comes out of Rudion, he has the dragon markings. And the first thing that Kuladin does is says, it's a trick. He's an outsider. He's not one of us. He who comes with the dawn must be from among us. That's where we learned that, okay, he actually is. He was just born, you know, elsewhere. Like he was, he was born during the Aiel War. And um, yeah, so, so he is Aiel, but yet 
he's an outsider. He doesn't talk like them. He doesn't dress like them. He wears a sword, you know, all of that good stuff. So, you know, it's, it's tough for them to, to accept him. And I don't know. I think he was, yeah. So he, they're, they're in a pickle. The Shido are in opposition right now to the other clans moving with Rand. And so we'll kind of see them camping to the side a little further away. Um, yeah, they're just a little yeah. distrustful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're going to so, need, you're going to need, you're going to need to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. More than just a couple, you know, like a, tattoos or whatever, you know, <laughs> like, um, now, now here's something. So these peddlers are interesting. Matt wants to go get a hat and, you know, you see a lot of the, uh, the, uh, concept art or the, the art artwork of Matt, that hat that he's purchasing right now, um, from these, from these peddlers, that's where he's getting that, that long kind of, uh, brimmed, uh, hat or whatever. Top it's hat, nice. Yeah. Or, yeah, to, yeah. To kind of keep the sun off of him. Um, so he goes over and he trades with him. Here's the thing. This guy, Kadir, uh, Kadir is, is the, is, is one of the peddlers there. Rand is distrustful of him. And this is what I said at the top of the show. Kadir's eyes, all that sweating going white in his face, yet his eyes never changed. You always have to watch the eyes, not what he seems. And, um, he knows that there's something more going on there. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, and Matt's kind of overhearing some of that and thinking that Rand is going crazy. <laughs> He's going crazy. Uh, but he's just calculating. You're, you're getting tidbits that Matt is overhearing as they're riding next to each other. And we're learning that Rand is on the lookout, keeping, keeping watch on these folk. And, and always, always um, expecting or trying to anticipate when the next attack is going to come against him. So, mm-hmm. Okay, well, that brings us to Chapter 37, Emery Stand. Um, so you have uh, two different point of views in this chapter, a Rand and a, and a, um, and a Matt point of view. So um, uh, starting with Rand, uh, the Aiel and their companions reach Emery Stand. Avienda continues to speak to Rand of Elaine, and he becomes angry. This is where they get into it a little bit more, and he gets, you know, he gets a little upset. Uh, he says, you don't show any respect for the Dragon Reborn, um, but you could... Uh, try finding a little for the car. How do you pronounce it as? It's the car. Carcon. Carcon. Uh, yeah. Car. Carcon. Yeah. Car. Carcon. Yeah. Carcon. Um, yeah. The pronunciations now are just like. Oh. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Had, like the, we had, what, what was the one we had to look up? You, or you had we had you had to look um, up the. Uh, oh, yes, me too quick. We just said it. Eggyanen. Agian, yeah. and if you go look at it, it looks like Agian, Agian, right, or whatever. But it's and so it's different it's they, too because you, know. you get the you know what how you read something and then how the 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 audio book reads right. it and then who knows what the and then how the author do. actually says it says like it during right. The, right that's a whole yeah, other thing we, we, so. we and that's going to be something that'll be interesting when the show comes about too. We we've talked about that with Game of Thrones like. Balon versus Balon versus you know it's oh, yeah. Peter versus Patire you know it's like it's <laughs> yeah yeah and so yeah. Uh, Sansa Sansa you know all that stuff so. right right um so anyway uh so you could but you could try finding a little more for the Karakarn um uh Adian and and the group of maidens approach and tell Ruark that there's trouble ahead at Emery Stand. Ruark and Jindo take off to see what's wrong, and Rand, Avienda, and Matt follow a little more slowly. Uh, they reach Emery Stand, and Rand is somewhat surprised. A few widely scattered clumps of long-haired white goats browsed on patches of tough grass and even leaves of thorny bushes. Uh, at first, he did not see the crude stone building set at the base of a tall uh, butte. 
The rough stonework blended in perfectly, and several thorn bushes had taken root of the dirt-covered roof. Not very big, it had arrow slits for windows and only one door that he could see. After a moment, he spotted another building, no larger, uh, tucked into a ledge some 20 paces higher. A deep crevice ran up the ledge and beyond uh, from behind the stone at the base. There was no other evident way to reach the ledge. Ruark and Avienda are disturbed. Avienda says the goats, you know, raiders would not have left any of them behind. And Ruark adds, why does no one come out? They should be able to see my face and know me. Yeah, and this is basically they're coming across a, a, like an attack. Um, there's some disagreement on whether this was Trollocs. Um, you get the wise ones, more rain. They're all inspecting the the the, the buildings, and uh, yeah, it's it's there's there's blood splatter on the buildings. Um, Kadir tells Rand that he has heard. Oh well, that's okay. That may, uh, don't jump ahead too too far here. Kadir <laughs> Kadir is very interested in Rand. I, that's what I. I uh, this group of peddlers, you're going to notice through through the next several you know batches of chapters, keep an eye on the peddlers because Rand's keeping an eye on them and their eyes, by the way. So, uh, but yeah, they're, they're discussing all of this and then I kind of out of nowhere, Kadir comes up and wants to kind of know um, more about uh, what about Rand and, and who he really is. Is he who he, who he says he is? Kalendor, the whole thing uh, and, and, and all of that. So, a little conversation that they have right at the end of that, but this is still kind of uh, what's what's going on. Um, Rand will later on; they just kind of move move away from this location. He and Lan will go practice uh, sword fighting, and that's that's not anything that's um, we sh- we should elaborate on that a little bit, just because. So yeah, we come across this horrific scene. We're kind of dumbfounded by it a little bit. Uh, our characters don't know what's what's happening here. Doesn't seem like raiders. Is it Trollocs? Is it whatever? Then we go back to we're interested more in Rand. The people, the IEL people are all watching Rand and he decides to go practice sword fighting. And so if you if you if you recall, like a lot of the kind of some of the first sins of the IEL were um, like the use of a sword and like the sword being, you know, killing. And if these people are um, were once pacifist and, and practiced the way of the leaf and they were more servants to Aes Sedai and they've they've fallen from that way of life Um what they adopted instead of like a sword, the, the, the spear is what they, is what they use. That's their main weapon, the way they fight. So one of the reasons like Kuladin and the Shido are so upset with Rand is because he, he look at, he's carrying a sword. No true Aielman would carry a sword. And now in front of them, in their face, he is going to practice with the sword with Lan. And it's just not something like even with Lan, they have respect for him, but they don't like people that carry swords. They just don't like that. Like, it's not something part of their way of life or Culture. whatever. And, and if, if Rand's going to be one of them and, and try to lead them, um, why why keep using that? So so he's going to that's going to be something to kind of pay attention to is the little fighting, the little training sessions that go on and how those evolve, because he then wants to study how the Aiel fight, um, <clears throat> how would Lan approach that and then just learn from them adapt it you know the whole thing it's it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting which is a cool conversation by the way when they when when rand and lan are talking about the um uh, about how how you would fight them because land show i mean just lands like i mean it's tough like you know there's it's in the way they fight it's it's just kind of cool hearing like the respect that land has for them um because they keep every time we hear about the aiel we're like oh these are great you know they're great warriors um and how and how would you go about fighting them it was it was kind of it was it was kind of a cool conversation 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and what's interesting too is that um, uh, we know how. So you, if, I'm gonna take you back to when Matt fought. Um, oh, uh, Gawain and, and uh, Galad, right? Yeah, and and with with like a quarterstaff or whatever, and how they were talking about like beating these swordsmen or whatever. And and now Matt has kind of that staff. He's got this staff, right? And uh, Rand is is among people who are using spears, and he's he's a sword fighter, so he's trying to learn, you know, more about uh, that tactic. It's interesting, and actually, we get to kind of see them in action here um, at Emory Stand because they are there's there, there's an attack that really that takes place, right? I mean, Matt gets involved. We kind of shift uh, perspectives here, and you get Matt a little carried away. Um, he says something in the old tongue that translates to "I am lost in my mind." Uh, Jason Natale is a gleeman who is traveling with Kadir. Kadir and the peddlers, they have a gleeman with them. Uh, our gleeman, Tom Marilyn, is over in, what, Tanchico, mm-hmm. Tarabon. He's with, he's with Elaine and Nynaeve. And um, so we have another gleeman. This is kind of cool, right? Like, there's more of these guys. <laughs> so traveling, just sort of um, showmen. They sing. They tell stories. They juggle. They do different things, depending on their skills and talents. And so... He is with uh, Kadir, and he overhears Matt kind of saying this in the old tongue, uh, which translates to, I am lost in my own mind. And that's sort of the whole, everything that happened with the, with the, with the elfin, um, with, the, with the foxes. By the way, yeah, you, you can abbreviate that to like the foxes and the snakes is, is really what those two groups of people are. Um, so I might just call them the foxes, um, you know, moving forward. But so when he's there, I mean, he like... Well, both times, snakes and foxes, like it, we're talking about his mind and what he needs and the memories that are taken and put in and replaced and all that kind of stuff. So he has now, um, when when the when the uh, Gleeman sings a song, he has memories about different lives, like different lifetimes. And he's speaking in the old tongue fluently. He could hear it and understand it, and he could speak it. Um, so he's totally starting to change and morph into something more it's just sort of like we always talk about powers right you know Perrin getting the yellow eyes and and being able to like walk in the in, in, in the dream world and then Rand's powers and then matt with his luck and randomness and now he's got like these other uh it's almost like it's it feels like a video game right as they're going through he's getting now he's got a staff you know and now he's got a hat now th- this hat does this hat have any power i don't know does it maybe you know he goes and buys this sick hat uh well i mean look it keeps the sun off his head so you think about like points in a video game. There you go. I mean, it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I love how they, they keep acquiring gear and powers and abilities and things. And it's just, it's fantastic. And what makes it feel like just such a really cool, epic, um, you know, series and, and, and story tale. So, but I, I, this Gleeman is interesting. He's very interested in Matt going into Rudion. And what did he see there? What, um, what stuff did he see and he almost wants Matt to kind of just tell him. It's kind of casual about it, but like, yeah, t- tell me what you saw in there. Like, and he always comes at it from this approach of he is a gleeman. And what do gleemans like to do? They like to tell stories. They like to, if this, if he is, because Natale has just come across the dragon reborn. If he could stay next, next to this guy and tell his story, think about that. He's the most renowned Gleeman. He's telling the stories of the dragon and his wars, his time in the in the waste and in Rudion and things. So he's kind of collecting information here, right? Just to kind of, you know, add to those stories and things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, uh, so let's go over to Matt's uh, point of view um, for this. And some of this we've already kind of talked about just uh, a, a little bit, right? You know, you said that um, Matt's uh, recollecting stuff from different different lifetimes um, and, and so on and so forth. Um, uh, Kaeli? Is that here? Uh, Kaeli um, up here? Yeah, I think it's... Um... Gosh, I think it's, I, th- I think it's, Ka- I think it's, yeah, I have no idea. Kaili? Well, Kaili? Yeah. Ka- yeah. <laughs> K-E-I-L-L-E. Right. So anyway, she appears uh, and she and Natil uh, have a short fight about um, what is suppo- what uh, he is supposed to be, what he's, what Matt's supposed to be doing. Uh, later, Matt um, eats with uh, Heron and, um, and Rand at, at random Ruark's fire. After the meal is finished, uh, Natale uh, sings for them, starting off with a song named the um, Medean's Ford. As the song progresses, Matt remembers being there in another life. As the song comes to an end, an attack from Trollocs begin. Rand fights with his fiery sword of Sidene, and Matt fights um, with his Ashandari. Um, he, with the help of the other Aeel, kills a Murdral. When the battle ends, Rand, followed by Avienda, asks Matt if he is all right. He replies, oh, I'm fine. Nothing like a little dance with Trollocs to ready you for sleep. Right, Avienda? Woo. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so then then, then, uh, then Ruik appears with bad news. He tells them that 50 Trollocs attacked the Wise Ones camp, and it was only because of Moraine that they had survived. The Shida were also attacked, though with less numbers. Ruark mentions that this is strange, and there are no more uh, Shido than uh, Tardod. Um, after Matt leaves to go to sleep, Moraine appears and examines Rand. She tells him that the attack was aimed at him. Egwene appears and gets mad at him, thinking that he um, is trying to upset Moraine. He goes to his tent with Avienda following him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this attack, yeah, is, is uh, yeah, we get to see um, Matt really, really go, go off um, and, and do I mean, we are, we already knew he was a fighter and he was really good going up against like, that's why I brought up the, the white tower fight because he's got the skills and, um, he doesn't really want to be here, uh, necessarily, but like he needs to be, uh, there's, he's on a path and so he's here and yeah, you have the other, um, Io going out there and fighting and it's, it's a pretty, you know, um, it's just, it's, it's this, it's this attack. The Shido are also attacked though with less numbers, as you said. So What's that about, right? Why was it, was it, is it because of Rand? Is that what it is? Like where Rand is, that's where the heat is going to be most. That's where the attack is going to be most at. Um, possibly. Uh, I did want to bring up, um, yeah, you asked me, I, I, as soon as I, as soon as I take a, a, a closer look at that character, I just had to go look up that character real quick. Her name is Kylie. I know, Kylie. I know Kylie very well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I'm always listening to the characters and to see them on the page. As soon as I looked up her description, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's exactly." I know, I know, I know who that is, right? Yeah, and so Kylie actually is going over and fighting with um, um, Jason Detail, the Gleeman, about something we don't know what. And she's described, by the way, um, as being she's oh she she's wearing um, she's wearing white, but she's kind of an older, shorter heavy set woman you know what i mean i think she even has like a walking stick and things so um yeah she's she's interesting uh for sure so yeah yeah we'll pay attention to to that whole you know crew uh there around 
the Gleeman and Kadir and stuff. But also, I, sh I should mention real quick too. Um, one of the things these peddlers that are coming across uh, the, the way here, the IEL don't typically. Um, it used to be as as I think I said this in previous episodes, like they used to have that treaty and that truce with Kyrian, and they would allow them to cut across to Shara, the Silk Road, and trade silk and go back and forth. And so now you have peddlers who come in here sometimes to sell to the Aiel or to um, you know get something from them, take it back, whatever, or to go all the way across and to be escorted all the way across because they're just kind of traders. You know, they're 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 not there to hurt anybody. And they're kind of that's where that whole thing happened with uh, Ruark, where he's kind of like, I will escort them there with me. So just so you understand why they're coming. Why would peddlers be out in the middle of the freaking waste? Well, they're probably trying to get across to the Silk Road and they actually go over some of that. I don't have the dialogue or the text right in front of me, but they do talk about what they're doing there and how they want to set up shop and let's trade. And, and you know, do, do you any gold gold pieces here? Let's go. So that's really what they're about. But they stick around with us um, uh, because you can see Rand's group just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, right? He's going to go meet more of these Aiel, and we, we know um, that he's kind of on a journey to be the chief of chiefs. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, chapter 38. Uh, switch things up a little bit. This is where we uh, get into a few different point of views, Egyan and uh, Cardin and Leandrin. Um, so from Egyan, Egyanans, <laughs> I almost said Egyandrin. Um, <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, from Egyanans' point of view, right? This is where we're we're in Tanchico, um, inside the Garden of Silver Breezes. Egyan and, and Florin Ge uh, Gelb are conversing. Uh, Florin Gelb gives Egyan a bag containing an Adam, and she congratulates and prays. Uh, excuse, pay, pays him for it. Uh, he then tells her that he may have found uh, one of the women that she is looking for. Uh, he tells her some of some other secrets regarding uh, the Panarch, and then he leaves. Later, as Egyanan is about to depart, she sees Bale Doman and leaving uh, the Garden of Silver Breezes is her and hurriedly sits back down to wait until he has passed. When she finally leaves, she also passes by um, uh, Jaikim. What is it? Yeah. Jacob Cardin. Jacob. Yeah. Jacob. Yeah. yeah. Jacob Cardin. Uh, as she is carried away on her um, sedan chair, she ponders the worn state of Tanchico. Yeah. And Bale so Doman's everywhere. Bale Doman is everywhere. He, that guy. <laughs> and let me, I'm glad you said that because let's back up for a second. Okay. And this is why I, I, gosh, man, I, cause it took me a second. I was like, wait a second. Gelb, hold on a second. I know he's just someone who's that Egyanan has hired here in Tanchico and is going out and doing stuff. But what's his backstory, right? Do we know this guy? Yes, we do, right? He was he was in the Eye of the World, and um, so Gelb is a sailor, formerly a crew member aboard Bale Doman's ship, the Spray. All right, uh, he's got a narrow face. Um, he's got a long nose. He failed to keep watch during that vulnerable night when the spray was attacked by Trollocs. This is back in the eye of the world. Uh, this was the same night that Tom Marilyn, Randall Thor, and Matrim Cawthon arrived on board under attack. Uh, Gelb tried to turn the crew against the three travelers. Doman discharged him from his crew in Whitebridge. He gave Rand and the others uh, a look of pure hatred as he left. Okay, so then he turns up later in Tanchico working with Egyanan. 
uh, to recover an Adam uh, and a woman who could channel. Okay. And that's where we'll, that's where we'll leave him. So, yeah, I mean, just it's a small character, right? He's a small character. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy who was only in the eye of the world. And this is what Robert Jordan does. He kicked that crew member off. What do we do with that guy? He shows up in Tanchico working for somebody else. But also, Bell Doman's there, by the way, too. You know, like, he's also here as well. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills, my friend. Wills. That's mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that is what we are kind of figuring out here. Uh, so, Jacob Cardin is as you say he is in so you have the white cloaks in here um let me see if i can find this real quick so you just read up through Egyanin's kind of point of view right or did you get into any of jacob mm-hmm. did you no I, I haven't got any jacob cardins yeah okay okay so this point of view switches to jacob cardin um Egyanin is very um in that chapter i said we would kind of gloss over this but we're going to cover it a little bit because there's it's all this chapter is very interesting because you're setting the stage for Tanchico and what is happening, the unrest, what's going on with the Panarch. And we'll probably maybe an extended edition talk more about Tanchico and it's it's um, the structure of this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like like it's the hierarchy of power here. What is a Panarch? Who is the Panarch? That kind of thing. And that might be maybe a touch uh, spoiler. So, you know. We'll see. I'll talk to Matt after the show and probably call an audible right. again. Uh, you know, but like, but like, I, I, I do think it's important to kind of think about where we're at and help you guys understand the the factions and the groups that are are in here. So we mentioned the Shan Chen Egyanin, the Seeker of Truth, is in this chapter. Um, we have Leandrin, uh, the Black Aja. So I'm going to bounce around through all of this. Okay, so I'm just going to you know go through the whole chapter here. So Leandrin, the Black Aja, is is here as well. Um, there's a group of them. And uh, they actually speak to Jacob Carradin, so who is a questioner? Who is someone for? Who's he's he's a white cloak. He's a pretty big deal. We've we've come across him before, um, and he speaks of they they kind of speak of Randall Thor. Um, well, let's see. They speak of Jacob Carradin, Randall Thor, and the Forsaken. Okay. Um, oh my God. There's there's so many little tiny nuggets in each of these point of views, but um, they're talking about what they want to do with the white cloaks and the black aja they're here to sow some discord what are they after Nynaeve and elaine are chasing them so we now know that they are in the right spot that that we are here with leandrin and we know that Nynaeve and elaine right they're on their way here uh as as well we know the shanchen are here the white cloaks are here and that's just a lot it's a lot of different groups. We also know there's just a bunch of unrest going on in this um, location. So, yeah, I guess that's really... We already talked about Bethlehem and the Suldam and, and can, can they channel the Shan Chen kind of dilemma there. Uh, writing down, like, you know, the Seekers getting a map of the city. So there's just a lot happening in that chapter. And that's one of those chapters that you just kind of got to force yourself through and listen to and say, I don't understand. In a first read, I'm talking initially... What, I mean, maybe it maybe it maybe some people did. I'm not trying to insult anybody, but I'm speaking from mm-hmm. my own previous. I remember even going back through this again and I reread. I was like, "Wait, what is going?" There's the, we're bouncing around here. Oh yeah, because I remember saying to myself, "Egyanin, who is?" Oh yeah, right. Yeah, it just yeah. it just took me a second to go back and say, "That's right." I mean, I knew that this whole dilemma with the Soldom and the Damani and all that kind of stuff is is a big deal. Forgot about the character here who kind of starts all of that. So. 
Um, that's really that chapter in a nutshell, though. I mean, there's definitely some more stuff with Jacob Cardin, and we can kind of follow up on that because we almost need to backtrack a little bit and talk about um, what's what's his goal and objective because he is Pedron Nile. It has sent him forward with a task, and he, if you remember, is being pulled in two different directions. His family members are being killed and stuff if he doesn't do this for this person, but he also has to do this for that person, so he's really in a pickle. But, yeah, it's mm-hmm. where we'll kind of leave him in that chapter, and then just we can okay. move on to Well, uh, let's come back. Uh, well, then we'll go to the next chapter. Chapter 39, which I think was probably the my favorite chapter of this um block because we get some big answers i mean yeah they're pretty big uh yeah. because i think it there were some questions we had going the um, from a while ago um and this is uh, a lot of this has to do with elaine and tom's kind of conversation so um, the chapter opens with Elaine, Nynaeve, Tom, and uh, Julian standing on the deck of the Wave Dancer preparing to disembark. Nynaeve is asking uh, Coin uh, where she will next sail, and she answers to Dantora and the Isle Jafar, and then on to Cantoran and the Isle Somera, spreading news of the Coromor, if it pleases the light. At the same time, Elaine and Joran are saying their goodbyes. As Nynaeve, Elaine, Tom, and Julian walk uh, down the dock, they see many hungry-faced men, and Elaine thinks that any one of them would kill her if they thought it would mean money for them. As they walk, they hear a familiar voice. You, it do be you, and it's the Eldome, man. (laughs) Seriously, this guy's everywhere, man. There he is. Uh, He tells them that he has waited as long as he could for them uh, in Falme, but um, the time did come when I must sail or watch my ship burn. He tells them that he can help him get a room uh, as t- uh, as Tanchico uh, do burst its culking, uh, and they accept. They hire a sedan chair and soon arrive at the inn called the Three Plum Court. <laughs> uh, they meet an innkeeper whose name is uh, Rendra. Rendra. Uh, she reminds the Neve of Leandrin. So uh, Nynaeve, Elaine, Tom, uh, Julian, and Baildoman eat. Nynaeve tells the captain about their search for the Black Aja, saying that they may need his help. Uh, he reacts almost with despair. It do be going uh, to happen again, Falma all over. Maybe it do be time for me to pick up and go. After a while, he agrees to help them, and Tom and Julian proceed to question him about Tanchico. Nynaeve gives Baildoman a list of Black Aja members and descriptions of what they look like. He promises to have his men keep an eye out for them. Baildoman then leaves, and Julian follows him, intending to have a look around Tanchico. Nynaeve goes to get some sleep, and Tom and Elaine go down to the common room. While Tom performs, Elaine watches him and drinks wine. She can't help but think that he seems oddly familiar. Now, real quick here, um, and this is something that's been brought up before. She's like, there's something about him uh, that seems kind of familiar. And we remember back uh, when Tom's talking about going back to Camelin, right? Uh, And so Tom definitely has some history there. Um, Elaine... so uh, and she she can't figure out why. Hours later, when Tom stops performing, Elaine rises to go with him. But as it turns out, she's become pretty drunk. Uh, from, yeah, from from drinking the wine, she's she's pretty drunk. Um, when she finally gets upstairs, uh, she goes to Tom's room, and so she kind of goes in and and talks to him. Uh, and she says, "You know, I remember I was sitting on your knee and I pulled your mustache, and my mother leaned over your shoulder and laughed at me." Um, and then Tom, you know, says, I think you should go. 
Um, but Elaine is really persistent. Um, and she kind of starts to get a little angry, I guess, maybe a little bit, you know, that kind of drunk, uh, drunk, angry. Cause she's, mm-hmm. she wants to know like what's going on. She says my mother sat on your knee too. I remember it. Tom Keaton says saying, you know, you're, you should get some sleep. Um, she says, I want to know why my mother sat on your knee. You're a gleeman. My mother would not sit on any gleeman's knee. Um, and Tom tells her that he used to be the court bard in Camelin and, um, Elaine correctly guesses that he was also Morgay's lover. I always knew about Gareth Brine um, and you and this Lord Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Matt. Um, and she looks at his eyes. What makes him different You know, from Bear Lane? Tripping every man who catches her um, eye into her bed. Tommy comes angry and slaps her. Then explains that it's lonely to be queen. Um so I had brought up the question. I was yeah. like, "Is Tom is Tom Elaine's dad like secretly?" Because you know we thought, "Oh, there's like some love interest going on." Um, but it was kind of interesting to. See, uh, I think he explains it. Um, it's not that it's just lonely to be queen. He explains it more as like, "Well, you know, I didn't like some people just want to you know woo her because she's queen," and he's like, "I just loved her as who she is, you know, just as a woman." So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you did, you know, that's, that's one of those questions that you did ask me off the podcast and it's sort of like, <laughs> thank God you did, because you know, me, um, <laughs> post-production man. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I mean, cause I would've been like, Oh, you know, um, but no, you, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's, it's something that's like kind of, okay. What's the, so he's not what's going on. I mean, you know, yeah. And it's actually not if so, I mean, no, um, it, it, just that they were that he, he was in her life. You know what I mean? For a period of time. Yeah, for a period of time. um, Very close with um, her her mother. I mean, a lover, essentially, right? You can kind of figure that out. Um, So, yeah. Um, I mean, so she just kind of... That's why she has that memory of pulling his mustaches and stuff. And and she almost gets a little bit... um, I don't know. There's, there's always been a weird kind of draw that she's felt towards him. And it's just, it comes from that early on love where he's like this father figure, you know what I mean? Um, in her life. So that's really, that's it. I mean, you know, um, that's it. There's, I mean, like for right now, I mean, that's, that's, that's all there is to say about it. She's, that's why she's been drawn to him. And she figures out, yeah, you were a court bard. You were my mother's bard and you guys had a relationship. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. So uh, after after that, um, you know, she she finally makes it to her room, um, and her and Nynaeve are are talking. Uh, you know, Rand must think I'm crazy. Tom is a bard, and Bear and Bear Lane isn't my mother after all. Um, is her greeting to Nynaeve, you know, like, Nynaeve's like, uh, okay, what's like, <laughs> just like, yeah. um, Nynaeve proceeds, um, to dunk Elaine's head in a bucket of water and, <laughs> and prepares to go to tell her on Riyadh while Elaine watches over her. Um, probably not the best way to cure, uh, be- being drunk, but certainly Nynaeve's way. Uh, the setting then changes to Teleron Riyadh from Nynaeve's point of view. Uh, she looks around for Egwene but cannot find her. She wanders around uh, and whips and winds up in a city in the Aiel Waste, which must be Rudion. She sees a man who is wearing uh, breeches and a blight in a bright blue coat. Uh, she thinks to herself that he is certainly not Aiel. Uh, and then we get uh, kind of a, somebody cool uh, showing up here as. 
Yeah. Uh, Burgett Silverbow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty cool, right? I mean, someone who we've you know heard about uh, these these. Yeah, what is this person doing? <laughs> like in yeah. the dream world, uh, a and hero, getting... uh, right? A a hero out of the legends. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, and then she's there, kind of warning Nynaeve that she must leave. And so there's actually really interesting clues, and that's all. That's all I'll say um, at this point about what they see here. Um, everything's important. Everything matters. There's uh, there's tons of for like. Robert Jordan's a master at foreshadowing and laying breadcrumbs to different things and plot lines, and he's just so good at it. Uh, and you see one right here, actually. So she's in here. She meets Brigitte, uh, Brigitte, Brigitte, Silverbow. Yeah, whatever. I've heard. I've heard. Her, I that's one I've heard pronounced. Uh, yeah, both days, ways. Yeah, yeah I. So um, Silverbow. All right, and uh, yeah. So so this is kind of cool. She wants to ask her questions, but she can't. Just get out of here. Boom. You keep getting these warnings, right, from the wise ones. Now from Silverbow. Like we got to get out of here. Um, yeah, we, we get something, you know, like, uh, gosh, remember when Perrin was going towards the Tower of Genji and uh, a couple and he's warned he's chasing um, uh, Slayer. Or he's chasing someone who's like he's like shooting. I almost killed him. And and that was like back when he first gets into the two rivers. We're about to go to a Perrin chapter next. Um, but he's chasing. And so Silverbow shows up there and is saying, hey. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Watch out. This is not safe. So we keep getting our characters being told that this is not a safe place. And um, maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe the warnings are. Maybe we need to start listening to the warnings because, uh, yeah. But Nynaeve's fine now. Uh, we, we get out of this situation. She then wakes up, right? And she tells Elaine of the man and um, Brigitte Silverbow. And then they go to sleep, right? Uh, Elaine is just, as you say, Drunk, She's upset. Drunk. That that boy was like totally. It's one of those situations where like she was like I. She sip. She would take a sip of her wine, and it's the guy standing right next to her filling her up. You know, it's it's bad, right. bad, bad, bad. Um. Mm -hmm. So, but now they're kind of here uh, at the very end of this chapter. They're discussing with uh, uh, Julian and Tom, like kind of what to do, explaining uh, what's what's going on. Um, they, they've been looking for the Black Aja. Uh, the Thief Catcher is, is relaying that he thinks he's found one of the Black Aes Sedai. Uh, they all talk about who will be the first to find uh, the Dark Friends. Elaine and Nynaeve decide to go out searching, but Tom and Julian attempt to talk them out of it since the Black Aja uh, you know, know the girls and might attempt to harm them. So, um, yeah. There's also a character named Rendra, we should mention, who is running this uh, th this whole this whole um, in for them. So Rendra will pop up from time to time here as we're as we're hanging mm -hmm. out here. But yeah, they do disguise themselves as as uh, um, Tarboners, right? Uh, they have to wear different clothes and they do dress up to kind of fit in and blend in. And it's very again, you go back to uh, it's very revealing uh, clothing and things like that. And they're all kind of struggling because Nynaeve's kind of conservative. Elaine's kind of like, I like this. You know, she was the one showing up in the, in the stone, trying on all sorts of different outfits and she's cool with it. Nynaeve is uncomfortable and sort of like, no, like what the heck? Right. Um, you know, the only person she would wear that for is, is maybe, you know who, right? I mean, right. I don't know. So, um, all right. So, uh, that brings us to chapter 40. So now we're going to really, um, uh, shift gears here. Gosh, man, some sad. This chapter starts out so sad. So, chapter forty, Hunter of Trollocs. 
Um, so this is a Perrin chapter, really. Uh, Perrin is visiting his family's graves. As he sits on the ground, he counts his arrows as if he's anticipating the murder of the people who killed his family. And um, it's not in the summary here, but there's a there's a part where he, when he's doing that, he's talking about how, you know, at most it would be like maybe two of my family, you know, he's like never 14, like at mm-hmm. once. And it's just like, it's just, uh, it's, it's so sad. Yeah. Um, so you have, uh, you know, uh, Donal Lewin or Dana Lewin uh, appears and announces that Fahil and uh, Luke are there to see him when he meets with Fahil. She tells him that everyone is safely in Emmons field. Um, she also informs him that Alana vanished twice without a word, once alone. Loyal said, um, Avon, uh, seemed surprised to find her gone. He said, I wasn't to let anyone else know. Parent isn't sure that he can trust her or Varen. Fayil then tells, that, uh, tells him that hundreds of people have flocked to Emmons Field due to warnings that there will be, um, Stories about you to uh, about you and the two rivers for the next thousand years. Uh, Perrin Golden Eyes, Hunter of Trollocs. Yeah, yeah. So the setup here. I mean, this is this is. Um, yeah, they they know we're being attacked by Trollocs. They've killed his family. I mean, it's just it's heartbreaking. Uh, Lord Luke is there, and that guy. You know, I don't know. He seems to say all the right things, and Perrin. Does he trust him? Does he not trust him? I don't trust him. I don't trust him either. I don't trust him. Um, And, you know, what about these eyes to die? You know, do we trust these eyes to die? I'm with Perrin, you know. He doesn't trust them. Something's going on. When Ivan looks a little kind of like, oh, I wasn't expecting, you know, uh, uh, for her to leave, for Alana to leave, like that's, your warder wouldn't know. I mean, he seems caught off guard by that. So, yeah, um, that's kind of where we're at. We're kind of getting ready uh we're we're trying to get this uh the two rivers essentially ready for what could be major trollic attacks and get their defenses right so yeah uh let's see yeah um yeah so you have um gall bane and chiat appear um uh, Gaul tells Perrin that they have found more Trollocs and that they are moving through the Waterwood to the south. He says that there are no more than 30. Uh, Perrin uh, goes Will, asking if he would go to Edmunds, Edmunds Field um, with the, while the Trollocs uh, have, their, uh, have their supper. Will is angry at this. Uh, I will be where, wherever you are tonight, Abara. Uh, Luke, however, says that the defense of Emmons Field um, will need him and that they will not stay to fight Trollocs. When he asks if Aiel will be joining them, she says that she will stay with Perrin. Um, so they ride, uh, and Fayil remarks to Perrin that it seems like he does not trust Luke. He replies with, I trust you and my bow and my axe. Um, they ride for mm-hmm. two hours before coming to a stop. They wait for over an hour until the Trollocs finally reach them. Attacking from behind, the True Rivers men engage in battle with the Trollocs, and Perrin fights for revenge for the death of his family. As the battle progresses, it seems that Perrin's small army is not faring as well as he had hoped, or as they had hoped. As he fights, Perrin takes an arrow wound in his side. He shouts out for Fail, hoping that she is still alive. And hearing this, the Murdral taunts him. 
Fail, your fail was delicious. Parent attacks with a renewed frenzy but slips in the mud. As the two rivers men start to um, seriously lose the battle, uh, Avon suddenly appears uh, saying that Alana sent for him to find them. He is just in time to save Perrin's life. Perrin calls out once again to rally his men, and those who are alive make their way towards him, including Fael. Perrin is devastated when he learns that 27 of his men were killed. Finally, they all move on. The group walks and stumbles forward, and eventually, um, I, is it Ivan or Ivan? Ivan. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Ivan, yep. uh, suggests that they find a farm in which to shelter for the night. As they ride on in search of shelter, Perrin hears uh, faint strains of music in the distance. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a... They are... Lord Luke was talking about how we all need to go back to Emmons Field, but, um, again, as you said, Perrin is hunting Trollocs right now. They've rescued... Remember, they've rescued... Uh, the Emmons Field villagers from the White Cloaks at the be- like before this, so that has mm-hmm. that has happened, and um, there's all these references to to he and Luke. I mean, not trusting him, trusting as you said, his axe or uh, his bow and and Fael. He says that Luke smells cold and inhuman. Um, all all that kind of stuff is going on between he and Lord Luke. Now Ivan is we brought up the Ice to die kind of. There's something going on. Like, like again, Varen and Alana are going to do what they're going to do. They're eyes to die. We're not always going to know what they're up to. Uh, Ivan, though, says that he's sent here, and thankfully he's just in time to help Perrin because they went south, and they were hunting more of these Trolloc uh, groups looking to spring a trap, but they themselves were actually caught in a trap. And um, this is one of those moments where a lot of the Emmons fielders were kind of like, okay, we, um, we want battle right we want to like we, we, we want to stay by you and they're, they're kind of like ready for to defend their home but this is where you see Perrin will take heavy losses and they start to really understand the consequences of fighting Trollocs it's not easy it's not what the stories say and so in the midst of all this you hear Perrin saying things like uh two rivers to me for the love of the light rally to me here rally here and he gives these great kind of like battle cries and he's commanding them they're looking to him um and it's it's epic um it starts off sad and then there's there's but you just see that this whole kind of the two rivers is in turmoil and um they need someone to step up and to lead because you've got lord luke who we don't really know or trust you get the white cloaks not really seeming to uh, prepare good defenses. They're being harried by all sorts of Trolloc attacks. Um, Perrin knows about the Waygate nearby and how maybe they could get into the two rivers uh, quickly. So, yeah, a lot going on here. And this is just a kind of a big uh, moment where it's kind of cool to see Ivan like take out a Murdral mm-hmm. to see a warder. Yeah. Kind of just, oh, yeah. Know. I think that's sick. That's actually pretty cool. So. But yeah, and then no, we do it, hear, uh, just last thing on this chapter for, for me, they hear that music coming from nearby. And if, if and I'm not going to spoil anything, uh, and I know most of our listeners probably did read on, I think we said last time, and we're going to do a couple more chapters, we kind of stopped early. They probably know already who those characters are, and we can think about, you know, who who be playing music and celebrating and all that good stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's um 
it it's a man. It's just, it's a the the parent chapters right now is they're just sad, right? Because like everyone's dying and everything, but um, he survives, right? So that's uh, that, you know that that that's good, and he is. Perrin is is go undergoing a uh, undergoing a big change right now, character arc wise, right? You know, because I mean, you he to me he's been really this sort of like a shy kind of more quiet character, and now he feels like he's really coming into his own. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's just yeah, you're right though. This is one of those, um, yeah. When we come back here, it is going to be rough for a while. This was something. That it took one of the Taviran when we were leaving Tyr, um, Rand sort of almost knows that one of them is needed there. Who is going to step up? And it's Perrin uh, who goes back. And yeah, it, it, just the way that the that the pattern is woven, it was Perrin's family that was attacked and killed. And it gives that's what gives him this extra sort of like no, like this is over. I'm done with this. And he's going to start to kind of lead and hunt Trollocs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. All right. As well, that is it for our reread portion, or I guess our first read portion, I suppose. Yep. Um, so do we have a pigeon today? We do. Uh, we have one from, uh, Martin actually, who, who wrote us in here, uh, and said, uh, hi, hi, sir, sir Ezra and sir Matt. Uh, first, I'd like to thank you both for such an excellent podcast in the wheel of time heroes of the horn. It's professionally presented. The music at the start suits uh, fantastically. And I just love how you discuss topics about this series. I'm glad folks like the music. I have kind of, hopefully people have noticed the intro for the shadow rising is a little darker and I kind of shifted it, uh, shifted it up a little bit, but yeah, it's good. It's good. And eventually once we get some official music, it might change a little. So, but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I was looking for a podcast, and I think you were about the fourth or fifth that I tried, and I wasn't that keen on the others for various reasons. And, and as soon as I heard you guys, I thought, yeah, this is the podcast for me. Happy to hear that. By the way, uh, anyone can send us a pigeon. Send us uh, something to the horn uh, of Valir. I love getting these. I love getting kind of these stories, getting to know some of our listeners. Matt and I kind of say sometimes you never know who's listening, and it's always uh, really neat to, to meet people who want to listen and kind of join the book club and get carried away. I love it. Um, so yeah, right. I'm, I'm waffling a bit, getting carried away. I'm Martin, 47 years old, uh, from the center of England, 35 miles from Birmingham. And he's like, I know you guys have a Birmingham there in the USA. Uh, just not sure where exactly, um, read up to book 10 of wheel of, of the wheel of time series about 10 years ago and book 11, um, wasn't out at the time. And then eventually all the other books came out. I decided there was only one way. Um, that there was no way that I could just pick up from book 11. So I started again. Uh, trouble was I have since developed, um, uh, tinnitus in my, in my, in my ears. And these days I find it a bit hard to concentrate and occasionally my mind goes wandering. So I have to backtrack sometimes. Uh, and this is a lot, I mean, yeah, there's a lot even to, yeah, to, to, to kind of keep track of, um, in this series. I, I appreciate the whole having gone through 10 books and saying, okay, what do I have to, you know, that was a lot. That was years ago. Now going back, it's, it, it's, yeah, it would be hard, I think, to pick right back up where you left off and then just carry on and say, what happened in the story? You know, um, so yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I seems to kind of forget things that he's read, needs to go back. The smaller details uh, are, are kind of hard to remember as you get further and further away 
that's why so many folks do reread the series and things like that. So uh, I'm rereading these books. I'm 600 pages into The Lord of Chaos, and I fancy listening to a podcast to help me remember some of the things that have happened in previous books. Also, it's nice to hear other people discuss it, and I think uh, you help me focus a bit uh, with the distractions that I get. I discovered your podcast and started from the first episode and have listened all the way through each one. So far, I'm up to episode six, book three, and I look forward to hearing you talk about book four and onwards. Uh, my favorite character is Matt. I think he's funny. He's down to earth. Uh, he <laughs> likes his gambling. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if, if he flirts a little bit, right? Okay. Also like Tom, uh, such a cool character. Uno is another favorite of mine. And lastly, put on Fane uh or whatever the hell he is <laughs> mm-hmm. um i love reading about the chapters uh, all the chapters about the forsaken but feel like there isn't enough pages on them so i read those ones extra slow uh, i also love reading about loose theron kind of and we've already experienced this is great timing on this on this pigeon because yeah we're starting to understand that rand has another voice in his head so uh, reading about Luce Theron being in Rand's head, and when he tells him to shut up or berates him, it just makes me laugh. Um, and to the other characters, right, it's making them kind of go, is this guy going mad? Is he, is he losing it? Yeah, but it's worrying to how far is Luce Theron uh, going to develop? Exciting. Can't wait to find out more. Anyways, um, yeah, if you've read this far, keep up the fantastic work. Appreciate what you do. Look forward to more episodes. Uh, yeah, sincerely, Martin. So, sweet. Yeah. Well, awesome. hey, I'm I, I'm looking at a map here of uh, England because uh, I'm just trying to figure out. You know, I love when people when people when people you know say, "Hey, I live in a different country." I always like to go look it up, just because you know we have no idea. Um, so if you're 35 miles, uh, so Birmingham is kind of in the middle of England. Um, now then you have Scotland towards the top, and I don't want to offend anybody from the UK, right? Because we have yeah, be you know, careful listener, now, right? Right? Because Ireland's its own thing, but Northern, you know, so, um, well, I think, you know, are you closer to Manchester here? Cause Manchester's right there. You got London right there. You know, what about Nottingham? It's right there. Nottingham. Oh wow. my gosh. <laughs> the stories, the sheriff, Robin Hood. Oh Nottingham. my gosh. So that's kind of, that's, that's kind of cool. I want to go to England. Oh, I, I would love to. I I, I was planning. You were you know, gonna go to. You were gonna Scotland. go to Scotland. I know. I can't. I can't believe it. Um, and then so COVID I may hit, be. So. You know, man. Yeah. Who knows? Things will change. I'm hoping to get the vaccine, like we said, and get back out there and meet some folks. I love going out and meeting some of our our listeners and just coming across people who are into the fandoms. Hey, if you're in the area, uh, if I'm traveling there, and you want to go grab a a beverage, let me know. I'm I'm down mm-hmm. to. I had some folks in Scotland who were like, we will take you out. And I was like, all right, I need to see the lay of the land there. Let's, let's, let's mm-hmm. do it. So. Drink some tea. That's, they drink a yeah. lot of tea over there. Yeah. Uh, if you go to Ireland, that's like pubs, oh, right? Uh, well, drink, they drink a lot of beer over there, I think. Right? Okay. In okay. England? Yeah. I don't think they drink White Claw over there. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> That's okay. You're going over there for the, I want the authentic, you know, stuff. You know what I mean? So when I'm up in, right. Yeah. Up North, I want, I want some scotch. I want the whole thing, you know? So. Wow. 
Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, you know, uh, thank you for that pigeon. So, um, and sorry about the tinnitus. That's that's tough. You know, I, yeah. There's so, some of the musicians I I, I like um, have that, and so they they're always wearing like these big headphones. It's like a ringing yeah. in the ears. Yeah. Know, for anybody who doesn't know, it's yeah. So, um, but I don't think it's I I don't know, but I don't think it's not like life threatening that I know of. But I think it's just kind of the big annoyance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, uh, with that, that is our show for uh, today. So real quick, you know, you guys can find us on Twitter at the Horn of Valir. We do also have a Facebook page you can check out. Also, Patreon content, um, which is patreon.com backslash, well, I guess technically forward slash uh, the Horn of Valir. Yeah, and I want to mention why, why you bring that up. We actually just did a an exclusive. We'll, we'll follow up here with our normal extended edition, um, but we also did something where we looked at uh, Loyal. Uh, remember yeah. that? We did we just did a Loyal kind of character examination, and we tracked up Loyal's to, story. Yeah, up to where we are currently, right? And uh, we're, we're looking for, when we post that on there, it should be up uh, around the same time as the extended edition. Uh, check that out, and let us know if there's another character you want us to kind of track and get kind of caught up on because it was really like the anonymous Vani situation where I was sort of like, okay, some of these characters, it's nice to go back and do uh, to comb back through. And, and we just had Gelb today, who I almost forgot about, was on the spray back in uh, the Eye of the World. So I think we need know. to do Bale Doman. I think we, I think we do too. Actually, I think that's a <laughs> I mean, really he good shows one up do. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, where has that guy been, man? Yeah, so uh, l l let us know. That's going to be dropping in there. And again, for, for pretty much $5 and up, you'll, you'll get all the uh, audio there. We've got a couple more that are dropping at, at, the, at the higher tiers for our patrons who are supporting us there. And, uh, and then also, I just um, uh, I, I worked on something. I haven't even shared this with uh, Sir Matt yet, but I've worked on something for our Heroes of the Horn. So look forward to that. I'm excited to, to, to get that out. That'll be a nice... Um, Surprise coming up here soon. And um, we're going to have, uh, as we get more information, the Hangouts. We're having a lot of fun over mm -hmm. on our, our Game of Thrones podcast doing kind of Zoom Hangouts, getting to know folks. So I know a few times I've dropped um, uh, the link in there for folks from Heroes to come over and, and hang out. And you know we're talking kind of Wheel of Time slash Game of Thrones. So it's nice to see like David and Heather have been in there. A lot of fun. Really cool to see folks popping mm -hmm. over there and guys by the time the show comes out um also please subscribe on youtube because we want to we want to start going live after the show on youtube and you can hang out with us there i think that'd be phenomenal be a lot of fun mm -hmm. so absolutely so all right guys with that we want to thank you for answering the call in our next episode we will be discussing the shadow rising our part seven chapters 41 through 49 Yep, absolutely. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a message at thehornofvalir at gmail.com. We will see you soon, and remember that the grave is no bar to our call.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.